Yo, what's up, my friends? Welcome to Christian Podcast in America. I'm Beto Gudinho, and I'm a self-proclaimed missionary to the United States. And what that means is that I'm here to save American souls. That is right. This show is sponsored by Christian Podcast, the media company. I would love for you to find out more about what our goal is as a media company. So go check us out at christianpodcast.com. Maybe even check out our latest merch and apparel. Anytime you buy one of these coffee mugs, you're supporting our mission to create compelling content and entertainment that inspires people to pursue a life of faith. So in today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to Ed Shuddy, who is the president and founder of Before It Begins. Their goal and mission is to protect and promote biblical sexuality, both in the church and in the home. He's going to tell us about his own journey and story in dealing with pornography. Today's conversation starts with a blasphemous emoji, and that is this idea. From Butch Hancock, singer-songwriter, Life in Lubbock, Texas taught me two things. One is that God loves you and you're going to burn in hell. The other is that sex is the most awful, filthy thing on earth and you should save it for someone you love. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about what was your journey when it came to you know, pornography? How did you end up being addicted to it? Yeah, I, I think I would presume everyone kind of starts it as a private, you know, a private activity. But then, yes, as it consumes you, it can and often does become more known um, because the effects are very destructive and others see that. And of course, when it becomes more known, it becomes more destructive and it's a it's a vicious cycle but um yeah to share a little, a little bit of my story you know I, I i would trace my the beginnings of of um my pursuit of sexual images really to youtube and as innocent as that and 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 i would even call it you know innocent pauses or i shouldn't say innocent but i should say intentional pauses excuse me on on uh, just the sexual images which could be as simple as uh you know a woman in a bathing suit i mean nothing explicit um, but, uh, you know, these intentional pauses turns to clicks on YouTube, which over time turned to clicks on pornographic websites. And, and so, um, you know, and that happened over the, over the course of years. And, and, uh, I went real deep into that world. Certainly, um, it, it affected my career. It affected my, uh, first marriage. It, 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 um, I was very ashamed, and so I, I very much experienced the destructive nature of of pornography. Um, and but I've also experienced God's redemption and restoration. And I love sharing this story. You know, I I, I would say for months prior, this would have been at the end of twenty fourteen. For months prior, God had been. Um, speaking to me and and really having his finger on this and i had developed a desire to stop this i started to see for myself that this just wasn't good for me it wasn't serving me well it wasn't serving my, my relationship with with god and with others well it wasn't doing anything of value and it needed to go but i was enthralled by it i didn't know what to do and so i was in kenya on a missions trip with a group of men and it wasn't planned i i didn't have you know, the pastor said, hey, guys, we don't have anything planned today, but we separated the women from the men. 
what do you guys want to talk about? We're just some men. What do you want to talk about? And this was all a surprise to me. And I just, there was silence and, you know, men, we don't like, to, we need a lot of encouragement to talk, you know, and, and so, which is, which is also part of the problem. Um, and I said, Hey guys, I struggle with this. I'm probably not the only one in the room, but let's talk about it. And that's the gist of what I said. And I said, Hey, I want to stop this. I don't know how to, but I want to stop it. And we had the discussion and, and, and I think it was good. And I had a, uh, a fellow approach me. He said, Hey, let's, let's go on this journey together. Let's be each other's accountability partner. And I said, I'd love that. Thank you. I said, but just so you know, I think I'm in for the fight of my life. This thing's really got a hold of me. And I don't know what this road's going to look like, but I know that I want this out of my life. I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know a fraction of what I know now about addiction and recovery and all of that. But I can honestly completely tell you that after that, after that, bringing that into the light in Kenya, I never went back to an internet pornography site again. Uh, it was an instant del deliverance from pornography. My friend, that accountability partner, we got a couple weeks into the daily phone calls and he got upset. He's like, you told me you're in for the fight of life. I'm telling you about my struggles. You're saying you don't even have this desire and you're not, you're not doing this. I said, I can't explain it, brother. It's, you know, it's James 5, 16. You know, it's confess and pray for another um, wow. that you might be healed. And that's what happened to me. I always tell people too, I think it's important to say, this was not my testimony in all areas of my sexual recovery. Uh, I, I have other aspects of my testimony that took, took years. But in this instance, upon bringing this struggle into the light, God moved miraculously. And that is why I'm so passionate about Before It Begins and providing a safe place for others to do the same and perhaps experience that instant deliverance or if not um go on that journey with them because we all need help from time to time wow there's so much there so i'm thinking before it begins what was it like for you before it began for you because you were saying you stared a little too long on on youtube that's kind of like how it started but before that i mean tell me a little bit of who you were before that? Were you like, sure. did you grow up as a Christian? Did you grow up with a concept yeah. of like, no, don't, don't look at sex is bad. I don't know. Just don't know. what was your background when it comes to sexuality? And I'm taking yeah. it, you know, that you grew up here in the U.S. maybe. So I did grow up in the U.S. I did not grow up in a Christian home, but I always tell people, um, and I'm always so thankful. I did grow up in a loving home. Mm. Very grateful for that. And, um, you know, but in the area of, of sexuality, no, I, I would say I, I, I got a very worldly education about um, sex, you know, um, and, and so I was very informed by the world, um, which would then culminate in explicit pornography. And but uh, there was a I didn't have that foundation, that biblical foundation that we have before it begins are working really hard to equip parents and church leaders to, to, to lay. And that proved to be um You know, I, I didn't have that to rely on in the fight that we all experience from time to time because we all experience temptation. We all need support. And, and all of us, none of us have made it right. We're all in a state of ongoing restoration. Wow. Okay, so that that is super interesting already, because one is you had I mean, I love the fact you're saying I had a loving family in my upbringing, but also you're talking about the, the perspective of the world when it yeah. comes to sexuality. Uh, but it strikes me as, okay, you have that experience. And well, what is that? What is, what is the world? 
what does the world think about sexuality? That because what I want to get to is if you were so maybe focused, I don't know what the word is, but if, if you were so enticed maybe by by worldliness when it, around sexuality, what was it that you saw within that realm that said, I need out of this, right? Because if, if that's what you grew up with, um, maybe there's a little bit of a sense of like, hey, this is this is just the way it is versus I think at some point you had almost, I don't, I'm just putting words in your mouth right now, but you'll elaborate maybe some sort of revelation like, hey, this is, there's actually a, maybe a good and a wrong when it comes to sexuality. So first of all, like how does the world see sexuality from that vantage point, like prior to, to all this journey that you were on? Yeah. I mean, I, I, some of the things I would say about the world's view of sexuality is, is one, it's inherently selfish in nature. It's all about yourself. Um, you know, um, and, and two, it seems that nowadays the only um, sexual ethic is is one of uh, consent. Hey, I consent to this, you consent to this, so let's do it. Um, you know, for all that the world presents sexuality and 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 in and, and media of all different forms and, and our peers and our advertisements, we we don't talk about sexuality at all. It's just a, a view is presented and propagated. But it's not, we it's for as much as it's out there, we don't ask the deeper questions of what is the purpose of all of this? What is the meaning of all of this? What is this for you? What is this for me? These much deeper questions are never considered in a worldview because um, it's all about the superficial, selfish feeling. And if, if you agree to this and I agree to this, then what's the problem? There's no deeper ethic. Um, as far as as far as. Uh, kind of what I came to realize about the world's view. Um, you know, it's, you know, in Christianity, you know, we can, God, the, ideally we just learn from the word, we learn the truth, but sometimes we have to learn the hard way. And and there, no one wants to go through that and wishes they would do that. No good father, including our heavenly father, would want us to go through that. But, um, but sometimes we go through that and we, we see it before the, after the damage has already been done. Um, and for me, just uh, just as one example uh, of um, something, just to be very bold and vulnerable on this on this on this public uh, show, but um, uh, there's something called porn-induced erectile dysfunction, P-I-E-D, porn-induced erectile dysfunction, where I, I'm sure most people are familiar at this point in time with erect, erectile dysfunction, ED. Um, uh, it's the inability to get an erection. There's there's that that commonly happens in people in in men as they age as testosterone goes down that's kind of a natural process of aging what's not natural though is the porn induced erectile dysfunction which i very much um experience and so it doesn't take it's not it doesn't take much to think well hold on a second this stuff is causing me to not be sexually um attracted and and just sexual in general with a real woman. So what's go, what, what's going on here? What what uh, and, then, and I, I say that statement pre-Christian too. I, I didn't mention my testimony, but I, I came to faith um, uh, later in my life. But this point of what's going on here? If this virtual thing is affecting me really, and and uh, to me it doesn't t- it didn't take much after noticing something like that, and I can give other examples to say like, hey, okay, this this isn't good. For me 
Okay, so basically there was a malfunction with with some of the what the sexual organs that we have, right? So yes. so that informed you prior to being a Christian and prior to you know all that you're doing. That kind of informed you. Okay, there's something wrong with with my sexuality. Yeah, that uh, that among other things, but that's a real specific, tangible example that I think people can relate to. To say, yeah, if that started to happen to me, I w I would take a reality check. And unfortunately, uh, if it's happening to you, it's it's already happened. Mm. Um, fortunately, God's in the restoration business. But boy, if I could go back and do it over again, I would. Wow. Okay, so how did you move from that to before it began? So you went through it. So you, you kind of yeah. had the, you began, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So why would it be important to help people not get to that point, not, not experiment themselves, kind of like the hardships of this? Is that even, can that even happen in today's society? I don't know, because you were mentioning how uh, there's, a, there's a selfishness element to mm -hmm. sexuality nowadays. And the other interesting part is that you said it's just like portrayed and yeah. everybody talks about it, but nobody talks about it. It's just like, this is what it is, but you, you never go deeper. So why is it important to help people before it begins? If it's, if in a sense, it's so common to, that's the way it is. I never began. That's just, that's, that's sexuality. Yeah. I mean, look, what, what, what we're talking about here at Before It Begins is not abstaining from this sexual sin or that sexual sin. Or, or look, there's there's a lot of people who say, hey, I just visit this pornography site every so often and it doesn't. I'm not addicted to it in the way you described. I haven't had the issues that you described or anything. So what's the big deal? I think a lot of people would fall into this category. But that's not what the conversation is about. What we're about at Before It Begins And our deepest prayer, um, and what I believe God's deepest prayer is, is that we will experience the fullness of sexuality. You see, I, I fundamentally believe our problem uh, is not that our desires and for for sex is is wrong or needs to be suppressed or or um, that there's it's just too strong. That's not how I view this situation. I, I actually view the situation as. Um, Our sexual, our, our capacity to be sexual and and our desire and 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 ability to have sex is our gifts from God, and and our our um, uh, and the ultimate fulfillment of those desires, of those feelings, of those the fullness of what sexuality is physically, spiritually, at the soul level. Uh, I want to, I want to personally, and I want everyone, and I believe God does too, to experience the fullness of that. And sadly, we're comp we're throwing that away. We're 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 we're, we're throwing that away to, to to stick our hand to stick our head in the dirt and and to and to we we settle for one night stands and and fantasies and websites and and uh, you know it, it's as if the Lord is offering us a ribeye steak. I don't know what your favorite cut of meat is. I like a good. That Argentinian steak. Argentinian steak. <laughs> and that's what God offers us. And the world offers us, you know, like a like a fast food cheeseburger, you know, and we're eating fast food cheeseburgers when steaks offered to us. That's so and and, and that's why I, I don't 
I don't spend a lot of my time before it begins responding to the enemy and what he's talking about in his threats. I, I talk a lot about, we need, and we do need to talk about that. But um, uh, I talk about um, the positive message that, that God gives in his word. And, and um, cause I, it's not about not sinning. That's not the, that's not the end goal. The end goal is experiencing the fullness of relationship with him. Um, and if you're married with your spouse, that, that's what it's about for, for me and, and for before it begins. Wow. I love that. So experiencing the fullness of what sexuality should be. Right. And okay. So that, That makes a lot of sense, uh, and but I think, I think some people don't don't understand what fullness can look like. Especially, I mean, and you are you're kind of like in this in this realm of work, so you should know a lot about this, like statistics. So when it comes the, to the internet and pornography or you know, sex on the internet, I think, as far as I know, I think this is the number one industry possibly on the internet on the planet the industry of pornography the industry of sex online and you no know, i mean maybe that leads to actual physical sex and like all that sort of stuff even sex trafficking like all these things that are connected to this one problem even i mean i'm not going to go deep into this but even when i think of you know pro-choice pro-life like all of that Uh, sometimes I think, man, like the, the problem is not having the kid. It's like, why are women getting pregnant without, uh, no, why are they getting there in the first place? And then as I try to narrow down the problem, it seems to me like, wow, maybe the problem is even like sex trafficking or things along those lines. And we're just trying to deal with the tip of the iceberg. So when it comes to that, uh, I mean, I love your interpretation. There's a fullness of what sexuality could be. And that you're saying, I'm not so focused on, on, on kind of like battling the way it is, right? But in a sense, it's massive, isn't it? Like sex online, is that, is that a big thing from your vantage point? Like, do you know statistics on how that yeah. works? Like, tell well, us it's, about it's, that. I mean, it's absolutely a big thing. And, I, and I, I'll throw out some, 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 some points for you to consider. But I, ultimately, I think we all can relate. I mean, we all live in this world. We all see... You know the TV shows, the the Facebook advertisements, so uh, whatever. I, I think all of us can see how out there it is. Um, I, I I think what might not be commonly known, or, or I know what's not commonly known, is is uh, the pornography industry's tactics to uh, um, attract people. It's just like anything. When you have an addictive product, the younger you can get people, the over the life you're going to get more sales from that person. That's just business. Mm. And it's just applied in this context. And, and, and um, I think what's shocking is, is uh, um, how early, you know, kids as young as five being exposed to pornography in the most innocent of contexts and ways, but uh, how the pornography industry operates, you know, the pornography industry itself is actually quite fascinating. I actually have a business background. And when I, when God called me into this space, that's one of the first things I did just more out of curiosity was, well, how's this industry work and the business work? And what I learned is it's much like the casinos in Vegas. At what time the casinos in Vegas were kind of mafia run, right? And there were some shady people and this and that. And, and now it's all corporate. And, and not to say that there's not shady things going on there. The point is it's all corporate and polished and professional and, and SEC and this, this and that. 
And now it's a different game. It's a different, if it, it's a different racket, same thing with pornography. It is not, it is not these small things. It's actually a very centralized, consolidated, professional business industry. Um, and they do what they do well, unfortunately, um, sadly for us and for our kids. Um, and, and, uh, and so, yeah, but, but, you know, um, there's a commonly referenced stat that's out there that it's $98 billion, um, which would make it, you know, a, a, one of the largest industries, certainly on the internet. Um, and, uh, um, it really drives much of the internet and technology. There's another common stat out there that as much as a third of internet searches are pornographic related. Um, but uh, more generally, I realize, I, I, because people can dispute this stat and this stat. And I simply say, you know, just take note of it one day when you walk around and you tell me how many sexual stuff is out there and you see. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So it's everywhere and mm -hmm. it's massive. So, but the other thing that you're talking about is a little bit like, do we need to fight that mon monster or do we need to focus on what the fullness of sexuality can look like? So when it comes to, um, uh, Before it begins, it seems like your goal is a little bit, a little bit more of like, uh, or how do you wrestle with that? Is that yeah, bother you, or do you put that aside? It's, no, it's it's both. It's both and. It's not either or. It's both and. I, I I think that we can focus too much on the bad stuff and too little on God's positive message, but it is both and, and and we do both it before it begins. So as I said, our mission is to protect and promote biblical sexuality. Um, in the church and in our community. So the protection side, we kind of spoke about a bit. Um, this is this is uh, for, for we primarily serve pastors, but we serve other individuals as well, but typically ministry leaders um, who have unique dynamics just by nature of that position, um, who are either struggling with temptation, sexual temptation, which we know is not a sin. Temptation is not sin. Um, we all struggle with temptation from time to time. And, they, and pastors just don't have a safe place to go and get help. So we provide that safe place for them. We also serve people who are in the thralls of sexual addictions and they need a more formal restorative process. And so, so we do have, we call those our pastor protection programs. So that is our response to all of the bad stuff. On, on the promotion side, promoting biblical sexuality, this is all of our trainings and our events that we do for parents, um, for youth leaders, for senior pastors, creating a culture of biblical sexuality in the church. We do workshops even on, on the, the gender debate, which is very hot in, in our state of California here. And um, we approach all those topics from laying a foundation of, of God's design for sexuality. That has to be a foundation. I don't want to, even as I think of how I um, do my do sex education with my children, um, I have to lay this foundation and focus there. And then from there, I can start to respond to some of these otherworldly things. But uh, um, I'm not going to just accept the paradigm of the world and just respond to that. Because, again, that's not my goal is to defeat that worldview. It's to promote the worldview I described earlier, a biblical worldview of sexuality, which leads to the fullness of, of relationship with him and with your spouse, if that is in your future. And because I, I do believe God calls people to be single, and I think they have a beautiful opportunity to to um, experience the Lord in ways that married people can't, in the form of um, showcasing that Jesus is really all we need. Um, and so I, I wanted to I wanted to be sure to say that too for single people, um, and just encourage you that uh, you know. 
we're one body and, and you get to fellowship with the Lord in a way that I can as a married person and vice versa. And you get to show the Lord and his goodness and love to others in a way that I can't. And, and we all do this together and together as a body, we reflect the fullness of who he is. Wow. Okay. So I grew up in Mexico, in Guadalajara, specifically the second largest city, as far as I know, uh, of the country of Mexico. And I grew up in a Christian home somewhat, or I'm just going to say I grew up going to church, going to a Christian church all my life. And when I was in my teens, maybe early, uh, younger years, it was very helpful to almost have a, a vision of sexuality that it's the opposite of what you said from this guy, uh, Butch Hancock, in which it was like the pastor, you know, in this case, our youth pastor would tell us, guys, sexuality is good. Like God made sexuality, God makes sex and it is good. So I always have a, I always had a, I would say, you know, from if we're talking about like biblical sexuality, I think I've always had a vision of, oh, sex is good. It's actually good. And there's a, there's a biblical sexuality, but that's what, that's the part I would love to, for you to elaborate a little bit on, because for me growing up Christian, it was almost like this made sense, right? There's a fullness of the spectrum of my sexuality that I can experiment within this maybe boundaries or whatever, right? But the essence is sex is good. So that was super helpful. But from your vantage point, you know, when it comes to, uh, yeah, talking to the, to the newer generations about sex and biblical sex, how do you even frame it so that you can even start the conversation? You know, because I think for yeah. a lot of people, uh, as soon as you say Bible or ethics or morals, uh, it's 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 just deflating for a lot of <laughs> you know for a lot of maybe younger people yeah. here in the U.S. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Christian or not, um, uh, theist or atheist, I think we all recognize that there's something deeply profound about sex. I really do believe that the culture itself is starting to reject the the lone sexual ethic of consent. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the title, but I'm hearing, I, I'm hearing constantly, um, secular books being written about, Hey, we're missing something here. There's something more deeper, more profound. You know, there's a, there's a quote that I came across that says the person who walks into the church and the person who knocks on the door of the brothel are looking for the same thing. Mm. Um, it's this, and please don't, I, I hope people aren't offended by that to, to, to elaborate what I, what, we'll what just I give you a blasphemous emoji to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what it means is, look, our, 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 the spiritual spirituality that's in all of us, Christian or not, is this deep desire to connect with the beyond. You know, to, that's God and Jesus to, to Christians and, and, and you know, and, and it's reality. And to others, if they believe it's this or that. But this, the, what's common is it's this connection between us and this beyond. It's I want to know that beyond and I want to be known by that beyond. That's what sex is, too, in a very deep and profound way. I want to explore the depths of physical knowing. You know, that the Bible itself, the, the, the word to know in the Bible, the, um, the original Hebrew, uh, yada, it's used interchangeably to describe how we know the Lord wow. and how husband and wife know one another. 
and and so um and even i heard another funny funny anecdote too where you know so an atheist was saying it, it's the most divine thing that an atheist can do because even atheists um mm. at the time of orgasm will scream out oh god and so <laughs> i'm saying all these things i'm saying all these things uh to say that I, I think you don't need to be a Christian or even a theist to recognize the profound spirituality of sex. And I think that then opens the door. And I would then propose to those people that Christianity has the most, the, the true, but the, and the most robust, most be- beautiful sexual ethic um, than any other worldview out there. I mean, um, uh, sexuality and spirituality is intrinsically linked throughout all of scripture. I, I think a lot of people are familiar with the idea of marriage being in scripture. And, you know, just very simply, for example, the Bible begins with a marriage in Genesis with Adam and Eve, and then ends with the marriage, you know, at the, at the marriage feast when we are um, married to our husband, who is Jesus. And, and, and that, that, that um, theme is, is in all the middle too, but sex and marriage are very, are kind of one in the same in, in the scripture. Um, and furthermore, Israel is 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 um, not just referred to as God's wife throughout Scripture, but also God's lover, and and uh, you know in the prophetic books as Israel is is idolizing other gods, um, it's pretty graphic. Some of the scriptures that he used about Israel spreading her legs to other gods, and and, um, and of course the Song of Solomon's is a deeply um, sexual and spiritual book in the Bible as well. And One so, of my favorites. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good study. It's good to study for sure. Um, and so it, it, it uh, I think Christianity's that worldview more than any other unites the spirituality and, and the, the sexuality part um, in a way that I think relates to us, relates to our intuition. Um, we just don't have the words or the, you know, the theology to, to explain it. Um, you need biblical teachers and you need to study it yourself and see it. And so um, th- this uh, this groundwork has to be laid and I think can be laid to people e- even beginning at the, the atheist level. But um, certainly once they become Christian um, uh, and Jesus becomes Lord and you see God as someone who is not keeping you from somewhat, something, but rather saving you for something much greater, th- then... then uh, um, the Christian sexual ethic becomes something that is very beautiful, very profound, and something that um, we wouldn't want to settle for anything less. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the biblical, oh, where you were going to say at? Oh, I was just going to ask if I answered your question. Did I um, did I get through all of your question, or was there a piece I didn't comment on? No, I think you're getting to it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So, is there a limit? Um, or actually, I guess the, 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 I'm trying to frame the question. It seems to me like what you're saying is that Christianity offers a worldview about sexuality that from your vantage point makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you call it like the fullness, like the complete spectrum of what it should be. But when I think of that, it also like there's a few words that uh, that that come up that I think are good words, but I think a lot of people, again, you know, I'm, and I give a lot of credit to the skeptics, uh, but words like, you're limiting me, right? Or like you were saying at the beginning, if we're all consensual, then what's the problem, right? I mean, 
I'm I'm not tampering on anybody's um, rights or anything, right? We're we're consenting to this, uh, but it seems to me like when you talk about morality, when you talk about uh, biblical sexuality, there is somewhat of a standard. There is somewhat of a of a, a limit to things. There is somewhat of boundaries, and I mean, I think these are healthy boundaries, right? But how could you help people see see these boundaries of something positive rather than oh yeah. man, you're just limiting my my sexual expression or things like that? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I, I I do I do not frame this primarily as morality, although of course it is. There's such a thing as sexual sin and, and God's design and boundaries and such. But my message isn't do this because God says so, don't do this because God says so. Mm-hmm. Um rather I am appeal- I am appealing directly to what people want, which is their own which is which is their own um, pleasure, their own happiness, their own joy. As, as a quick segue, I, I would highly re- suggest to your audience that they, um, I'm sure many of your audience have, have heard of John Piper. Um, he has a teaching uh, um, called Christian Hedonism. And, and, uh, and, and I'm very inspired by his teaching on that. And, and um, it's very central to his theology. You can find, uh, he's got a book, Desiring God, which is very, I would recommend starting with his YouTube resources. He's got a Desiring God um, series. It's about six hours long on this issue. And, and his argument is that, is that um, our desire for pleasure is not a bad thing that needs to be suppressed. Um, rather, God gave us that desire for pleasure to lead us towards him, who is the only one who can give us everlasting um and and overflowing pleasure it's only found in him and so the response to that then again is to not re- suppress or to limit yourself to use your words but rather to magnify those desires and let that lead you to the only one who can fill those everlastingly and overflowingly you know it's in it's in psalms you know um, in him is the fullness of joy Um, and, and, um, and, and that's how I frame it more. It's very much like John, I'm very inspired by him in that respect. And I'm, I'm kind of applied it in this, in this context of sexuality. Okay. So (laughs) here's one thing. Uh, maybe this is a silly idea or maybe not, but whatever. Uh, maybe somebody will just laugh and that's okay. But a little bit of what you're saying is with God, Your orgasms can yeah. be better, can be more real, authentic, uh, more pleasurable, uh, deeper. I mean, there's something more, I don't know, even holier about um, mm-hmm. sex within. And, and no, no, now I'm not going to use the, the words limit or the boundaries of, of God, but I'm just going to say the fullness And the magnified yeah. spectrum of sexuality. I love that. I love the the saying, the magnified um, vision of sexuality. So let's let's talk about how can we help people magnify their sexuality yeah. in this light. Can I can I comment on something you said because it's a very good point and question, and I, and I wanted to be sure to say this as well because yes. I definitely 
do not want my message to be received as okay this is this means christians have better orgasms or christians have the best <laughs> sex life or this and that and so if i could just mm. just elaborate a bit um good um because uh, i'm very passionate much of the purity movement of the 90s um which which uh i didn't grow up being christian but my wife did and she lived through that and i experienced a lot of it through her but for for the good that was done one of the bad things that was done was this idea that people, oh, I just got to save myself for marriage and then I'll have the best sex life for the rest of my life. That's an easy, okay, so I got to give up a few years and I'll get the best sex life. Yeah. Well, well uh, we all know that just simply isn't the case, right? Um, and uh, it, it very much is a journey. And so uh, the, the things that I want to say is, um, one, um, even to reduce it to an orgasm is to make, miss the broader picture. Mm. Um uh, uh, and and the broader experience of, of of what sexuality is something that I would say can only be explored in the context of marriage, where I'm all focused on her, and she's all focused on me, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, right? And and um, uh, but it is a journey. I mean, yeah. uh, we don't need a whole nother podcast, and and uh, and and I could share um, just. Uh, uh, but I think most married people can attest that it's not boom. Okay. We just got the most amazing sex life beginning the wedding night, you know? And so it is a journey um, and you never fully arrive, but that journey is so much more beautiful than the best orgasm you've ever had, whatever that, that means. And so, but I do want, want to be clear. I, I'm not, I don't, and I don't see scripture promising the best orgasms in married life. I, I see mm. scripture promising you will get to experience the fullness of oneness between two people mm. in the same way that the father and son and Holy spirit are, are three persons in one. You are now two persons in one and, and you get to experience God in a way that you couldn't otherwise um, for God, for those who God calls to marriage. Um, and you get to experience this pleasure of a husband loving his wife full fully. And then the wife, fully loving him back that can only be pursued in the context of, of, uh, of marriage. Wow. Pursued in the context of marriage. So right there, let's, let's elaborate on my previous idea. So then there's something more to just an orgasm or the best orgasm. Sure. There's oneness. And I love that word oneness yeah. because maybe mm -hmm. that would be my invitation to people who haven't experienced oneness and to frame it within our talk today, our conversation and say, maybe there's something even more amazing than the physical experience that you can still get to experience. And it's called oneness. It's called oneness yeah. with your wife, oneness with your creator, oneness with maybe one another as you relate to the people around you. And I think that's a beautiful, you know, maybe that's, that's what you mean when you say the fullness is yeah. the oneness Right. And to it, yeah. yeah, what what were you going to say? No, I, I would say that's a that's a that's a big part of what I mean um, is the oneness. I, I would add to that equally big is is um, uh, just the the opportunity to know the Lord in, in a unique way. And look, I, look, we all we all call the different life stages and we all experiencing God in different ways. And single people experience different than married and with kids and without kids. And, and our, I think our challenge should be to say, okay, God, for my, where I'm at, how can I fellowship with you? And, and, um, uh, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a new dad and, and I'm God showing me things about himself, about being a dad. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite parts, if not my favorite part of being a dad is I get to know him more, my heavenly father more through this earthly relationship. Um, and, and, and similarly, uh, it, for those that God calls to be married, the opportunity and experience to know the Lord in this unique way. I, I one time I, um, I'll do my best to, off of memory here, but I, I defined marriage. I, I came up with my own definition for marriage and, and sex. And for marriage, it was <laughs> marriage is God. God's um, is a unique calling and empowering from God to showcase his covenant love um, for the world that is meant to be seen and exp experienced by others. Mm. So in our marriage, the people are meant to look at our marriage and say, Oh, that's what Christ's love for the church looks like. And that, and that's what, that's what the, the, the church's love and respect and submission back to Christ looks like. Similarly, my definition for sex was sex is God's calling and empowering, um, uh, for some people to express God's covenant love for the world that is meant to be seen and experienced by husband and wife. So the only difference is for marriage, it's a public expression. It's meant to be seen by the world. This is what God's love looks like. The act of sex is between husband and wife, and they get to know and experience God's covenant love for the church in a profound way. And so that is a little bit different than oneness. I think that's all wrapped in there, but I would I would put that on the table as another very significant um, um, thing on there. And and look, I also don't want and, and also to you know look simple procreation and simple and pleasure. Hmm. You know the, the feel goodness of sex is is a gift from God, and it, it's that's not a that's a that's an amazing thing too. Um, and so all these things are wrapped in into the fullness of sexuality that i'm referring to wow and i wish we could uh sorry i wish we could almost like elaborate but i think for this episode we're going to focus on on uh, pornography the addiction sure. problem the yeah. the before it begins but there's yeah. so many questions right when it comes about you no know, sex ed in the united mm -hmm. states uh you just talk about marriage right and no, what, what about no gay marriage? Like all these other questions that rise up, and especially when we talk about Christianity and the United States, right? Yeah, but, there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. So maybe we'll have to have you on another show to talk about those. But I for today, it. for this episode, I would love to uh, maybe just walk us through, uh, let's just say a scenario, right? Somebody has the pornography addiction and realizes I have a problem, right? I think that's the first thing with any addiction is, okay, I need to, like, I need help, right? So once people start saying that, we're on good, we're on good grounds. So what would you say, uh, just walk us through the process of, of somebody that's realizing, uh, you know, my, my sexuality is messed up or whatever. Uh, sure. What's the next step they can take now? Yeah, I mean, th this very much is the cause we get it before it begins. I mean, my phone rings, and it's somebody who, say, is in deeps in the addiction. And so, what what do I, um, what do we try to minister in, in those? What's those first messages? And 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 I, I think um, uh, those first messages are, are first, you know, first honoring the decision that they're making to ask for help. 
And that really is the first decision. And, and in some ways, the most difficult one. The, the, the first step of the restoration is bringing what's in the darkness into the light. Because what happens is two things. The enemy immediately loses power. He always wants us in the darkness. And two, God immediately pours out a greater grace. Because wow. we're going to need it. Because we're now, we've brought into light, and, and, and we're going to need this grace. But, and, and, and the enemy will respond to, but God's grace is greater than all of that. Um, and we rest in that. And, and so the first, is, the, the first is for those who haven't made that decision. It's to say, hey, look, we're all sexually in a state of ongoing restoration. We all have sexual wounds. Um, some have been healed. Others have not. Um, I'm no different than you in that respect. Um, uh, we all struggle with temptation. That's not sin. Some of us have, have gone down that path, but, but we all need help. I need help from time to time. And, and so there's no shame in asking for help. In fact, it's necessary for those who already are asking for help. It's about honoring that because that takes a lot of courage. Um, and, and, um, outside of that, once that honoring is done, it's about imparting hope. One of the best ways that I do that is sharing my testimony. Hey, brother, look, let me tell you what happened to me. This is what God, God has done for me. And, and, and um, sharing our testimonies in this area and in general is very powerful. It's a, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. He's not a respecter of person. What Jesus has done in my life, he wants to, is able to, um, and is willing to do the same in your life for those, for those who, who would believe. And we build up one another's faith by, among other ways, sharing our testimonies and what God's doing on earth. So I share my testimony as a primary means to impart hope. Um, and th that is one of the early stages. From there, look, it, it, it's, uh, it, it varies case by case. But as a general rule, um, uh, for those, uh, the assumption right now is we're talking about someone who's really in the addiction, who's really deep in this world. Um, this is not the time to start quoting scripture to them. And, and uh, let, let, me say that, let me say that differently. Um, this is not the time to quote scriptures to them about what they should and shouldn't be doing. And don't you see how it says right here, this is an abomination to the Lord. And don't, it's, don't you see that it says this clearly? This is the time we should be quoting scripture to them that talks about God's forgiveness, his ability to restore, about how the fact that purity is not virginity or not going to pornography sites it's being washed in the blood of the lamb these are the bible verses and the and and the truths that we speak over people and we do not leave this point and until they're 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 ready they're right now they come to us and they're kind of they they come in there in the emergency room it's not about well-being in this right now it's about it's about keeping them from dying then once they're stable, then then they go into an intensive care unit and then they go into rehabilitation. And we have different approaches to all of these different stages. But at the very beginning, it, it, it's about bringing it into the light, having the courage to do that. It's about having hope for the future, which we do primarily through testimonies. It's about ministering in forgiveness um, and providing stability in their life. Um, uh, from there, that lays the foundation then to build upon. Love it. And would that be for macho men or is there women included in, in the type of work you do? Or do yes. you, can you refer women to a different place? You know, if they're, they're under similar, no. Ad, yeah, no, we, if a woman calls, then, then we have, uh, we have a, a woman who we forward those calls to 
and uh, she's a part of Before It Begins. And uh, we actually also, I should say this too, um, we we recently launched just in the last few months uh, Before It Begins um, for Spanish-speaking uh, pastors and individuals. We It's called, uh, they, um, forgive the horrible accent, uh, oh, I don't make you laugh too hard here, but it's called Proyecto Escape. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so we just launched that. So we have... Um, yeah, there's an equivalent of me there um, that the calls go to. And then we have what we call them advocates. And so we have these are the people who actually meet one on one with the individuals. And so we have we're able to serve Spanish speakers and also Portuguese speakers as well. And then wow. also women. Yes. But the women, we immediately connect to other women. Wow. Fala Portugues. So that would be even epic if, if we can have maybe the, the Spanish speaking one at our yes. Spanish episodes with my In wife. Yeah. Yes. In fact, they don't, I think that's how we got connected. Now that I think about it, I there. Um, I believe the it was in one of those meetings. I was meeting with the steering committee for that project, um, and he he. I think he was the one who connected us. I'll, I'll look at my notes to see exactly who it was, but um, that what is the connection. Now that I think about it. Okay, love it, mm -hmm. my friends. I just want to give like one minute to thank to our sponsor which is Christian Podcast, the media company here in California. And our goal is to produce content that inspires people to pursue a life of faith. We are the creators of Christian Podcast in America, this very podcast right here. And a couple more podcasts coming up on our Roku channel, which is going to be Hello, Pastor Mike and Legacy Makers podcast awesome 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 content coming up for all of you so please visit us at christianpodcast.com support us by getting our merch that's one of the greatest ways in which you can support us signing up to our email blast getting uh i already said our merch subscribing following reviewing us on all these platforms whether it is apple Podcasts, uh youtube roku Spotify, all of those. So give us a positive review. Now, let's go to our emojis. Emoji summary of our episode. Are you ready, Ed? Sex Ed? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Uh -oh. Ed, so to summarize the episode, what is the most blasphemous idea when it comes to sexuality Chancock said it best it's it's uh that it's filthy and that you should save it for the one that you love most that's blasphemy blasphemy right there skeptical what are you skeptical of when it comes to sexuality oh skeptical skeptical uh so th this is uh give me give me a couple sentences on skeptical what you mean by that um it could be either what are you skeptical of Or where do you see skepticism played out? Yes, uh, I am. Uh, I uh, the um, uh, <clears throat> the education, sexual education that's being propagated in our schools and to our young people. Mm. Um, uh, I am very skeptical of. Although I do think that there's some things in there that the, that Christians can redeem and should be engaging with more. But I am, I'm skeptical of, of the broader movement. 
Wow, that that's reason for a whole other episode right there, just on skeptical emoji. So we'll come back to skeptical emoji on another episode. Okay, okay. Love it. Inspire. Where did you see inspiration? What inspires you when it comes I, to sexuality? I, I mentioned it briefly earlier. You know, the, all these these papers and books that I'm seeing, where even secular sources are starting to wrestle with, hey, I think there's something more than just consent. There's something deeper here. That's very, that's very encouraging to me. Holy. Holy. Um, holy. Uh, uh, you know, holy is, uh, <clears throat> holy is being, uh, I'll, I'll say holy is being set apart and it, it's being washed by the blood of land. It's, it's, it's the, the message of Jesus to all of us who have who, who have not arrived sexually that you are holy because he can make you holy and divine 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 Div oh man well, I love the music that you got here this is, <laughs> I love the different that was a good it's to inspire you man <laughs> yeah I love it uh, divine is the Bible says um, that we're married to Christ and that in, in heaven there'll, there'll be no husband and wife and this and that and so I do not believe that there'll be sex in heaven and yet so what we'll have in heaven will be so much greater so how divine will being married to Christ in heaven be i want as much of i want to experience that as much as i can on this life but boy i look forward to the divine experience of experiencing it all in the next smooth oh yeah mr sex ed thank you so much for being on the show my so pleasure. where can people go to before it begins or yeah, when it's um, when it's happening already just go please get help <laughs> yes uh before it begins.org um is our website you can get a lot of our resources and pamphlets and materials from um bit.ly slash before it begins and um you can email us at info at before it begins.org or call us 805-507-5511 all right, there you go, my friends. I'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs> <laughs>